0: Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing well this morning and you've had a good week. You know, I'm always really excited about uh, hearing what God and the church is doing. And I just love to hear the celebration and the joy that's going on. You know, we are living in times when, um, you know, when people are questioning a lot of things uh, and people are looking for joy and struggling to find it. Uh, But I just want to remind us again this morning that the place that we go when we're looking for joy is that we go to God. Uh, God is a God of joy, and uh, I just love to hear everything that's going on. How exciting to be planting another Equipus church in Fiji. You know, we kind of realized a long time ago that the best way to transform a nation, the best way to touch uh, a, a community is through church planting. And so, come on, let's go for it in Fiji. It sounds awesome. Wonderful. Well, um, are you ready for the Word of God this morning? I hope you are. Uh, I'm just going to pray quickly, and then let's get into the Word together. So if you want to maybe put your hand on your heart for a moment, as a kind of a, a sign that you are ready to receive. And uh, come on, let's pray together, and then we'll get into the Word. So Father, thank you so much that your Word is powerful. Thank you that it is alive. Thank you that it has the power to transform us and circumstances around us. Uh, And as Sam said earlier, God, you are on the throne right now, and that doesn't change. And that's where we fix our eyes this morning. And we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that our hearts would be open, you would help us to receive the word, and to receive the blessing that you have for us this morning, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Good stuff. Well, it is my privilege to be able to uh, speak this morning, to preach and I've got um, a, a message that I feel like God's put on my heart. If you remember last week, I was sharing a little bit around um, about the importance of spending time in God's presence and the joy that we, that we get from, from spending time in God's presence and also kind of looking into Jesus's eyes and spending quality time with him, being comfortable in his presence, and then the joy that comes into our life from doing that. Well, I want to carry on that thought this morning uh, and and once again talk about joy. Uh, The title of my message this morning is just simply this, Joy and Jesus. And as I'll go through this message, you'll kind of see that there are a few major ideas, few thoughts that I have in mind. They will be things like, what is joy and gladness? Uh, What does that mean? Uh, I want to talk a little bit about how Jesus was somebody who was full of joy and how did he get that joy? And then lastly, we want to be talking about us and, and asking the question, how do we get joy in our lives? And so I want to read from some verses to you this morning from the book of Hebrews. And then we'll, we'll take it from there. So my first uh, text is in Hebrews 1, verse 9. A lovely, amazing verse there where it says, and it's talking about Jesus. It says, you have loved righteousness And hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. I love that. Or another translation says, He was anointed with the oil of gladness. Another scripture then in Hebrews is Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, where it says there, Therefore, since we are surrounded, By such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy, now catch this guys, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross Scorn, its, scorn in its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Man, I love that. All these verses here that we've just read, they kind of talk about how Jesus was somebody who was full of joy and full of gladness, and he had joy set before him. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a moment. But firstly, I just want to tell you like what the dictionary's definition of the word gladnesses. Remember, he, Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness. You know, and I don't know about you, but even just saying the word gladness, it kind of brings like a merriness into your heart, doesn't it? You know, we all kind of understand what that word means in some way or another. The, the Bible, uh, the, sorry, the, the dictionary definition of, of this word gladness um, simply means this, a feeling or a state Of well-being and contentment. Man, those words in themselves are pretty awesome, huh? Other words that are related to this word gladness can be cheerful, cheery, festive, happy, joyful, joyous, pleasing. Man, and I love this. Listen to this one. Marked by celebration, being gladsome, and merry. It can also mean delighted. Happy, pleased, and catch this one. This is pretty cool. It can also mean to be tickled, Uh, and I just love that thought. You know that that you know this this idea of being glad just fills us with all these amazing kind of feelings. And um, I don't know about you, but you you've probably met people like me that when you spend time with them, you know it's not long before you realize that they're kind of glad people. Do you know what I mean? And uh, there's a gladness about them. And, and I, you've probably realized, like, like me, you know, they're pretty contagious. Every single one of us, like, loves hanging out with people like that. And uh, I can think of people now, and like, when they walk into the room, they bring a sense, uh, bring a sense of gladness about them. And they're kind of, they kind of fill the room, in a sense. And, you know, you, you may have been a little bit down beforehand, and then you meet this person. And all of a sudden you feel glad, you feel like kind of excited. You think, wow, that was a bit of a turnaround, you know. And uh, I love people like that. I love spending time with people like that. They definitely are contagious. Now, I believe that Jesus was like that. Jesus, it says in the Bible, as we've just read, he was a man of joy and he was anointed with gladness. So I believe that if you spent time with Jesus, like the disciples did back in, you know, when he was walking around uh, in Jerusalem and in Israel, you would have met a person that was so full of joy. I'm sure that there were times when Jesus and the disciples had a good belly laugh, you know, where they just like, you know, we just feel like that gladness coming from the depths of a person. And I believe that Jesus was that type of person. Now, the Bible does also tell us that he was also a man of sorrows. And I'm going to kind of look at that in a moment. But, but, you know, he was a man of gladness. He was a man of joy. And just very quickly, I want to show you what I think are three reasons on why Jesus was so full of joy. We, we can actually see those reasons in those verses that we've just, that we've just read. The first reason is that Jesus loved righteousness. In fact, Jesus himself actually uh, said that blessed are those, and the word blessed means to be fortunate or happy. Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I just think that what happened with Jesus is that as he started to grow up, as he started to go through his teenage years and his, and his adolescence and he started to grow up as a man, I believe he spent quality time with God. He spent quality time with his father. And in that place, he kind of realized what God was doing in the world and how amazing God was as a person. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of who God really is As a person. In fact, uh, a few years ago, I just felt like in this, I was spending time with God one day, I just felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, Make sure you don't get me confused with someone else. You know, meaning, like when we read in the Bible, we can see that there's a spiritual enemy that the Bible calls the devil, right? And Jesus in John 10, verse 10, says, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life in abundance. And I, and I sometimes think that we can get confused, especially when we see things like coronavirus, you know, things that are going on in the world. Like Sam said earlier, there's often a lot of injustice. And some of the things that are going on in the world sometimes, they're just crazy. And sometimes we can think like, where is God in this? And I want to tell you guys, I want to remind us this morning that God has got nothing to do with the evil that's going on in this world. He loves righteousness. He loves it when, when our lives are doing well. He loves it when our lives are flourishing. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of who God really is. Let's make sure that we don't get God confused with someone else. God is a God of light, he is a God of love, he is a God of peace and joy, he's a God of life. He hates it when things are destroying our lives. And I think that, that Jesus got to know his father in that kind of way. And I really hope and pray that we, that we know God like that. That we know a God that absolutely loves us and adores us, like I was talking about last week. You know I also believe that Jesus he kind of loved what God was doing in people's lives. He he had a keen eye I think for for seeing what God was doing. And uh, I hope that we've got that eye as well. Even in the midst of what we're going on, what's going on at the moment, that God is actually doing stuff and he's moving amongst us and uh, you know he is doing amazing things. Many of us have heard, you know, heard the stats of how many people are watching church online at the moment. Something like 3 or 4% of the British public was, was, was attending church before lockdown. And during lockdown, that's like that number jumped up to about 24%, 25% of adults watching church online. Uh, I think the, the percentage is higher with young adults. I mean, it's just worth celebrating. We want to be marked like, it, like one of the definitions in the dictionary here of joy and gladness. We want to be marked with celebration. We want to look at what, what is God doing and, uh, and keep a keen eye on that. The other reason why Jesus was, was I think, was so filled with joy um, is because Jesus hated wickedness. And I actually think that as, once again, as Jesus grew up and he looked around and he saw what sin and evil was doing to people and how it was destroying people's lives, I believe it kind of broke his heart. And I think this is where the man of sorrows thing comes in, you know, that Jesus was a man of sorrows, not just a man filled with joy, but also a man of sorrows. And he looked around and he saw what evil was doing to people and it really touched him in his emotions. In fact, there's, a, there's, there's this verse that, that, that kind of appears a few times in the Gospels where it talks about how when Jesus saw like the, sh- like sh- the people were like, a- like sheep without a shepherd, he was moved with compassion. And I remember actually uh, listening to, um, hearing uh, P- Pastor Peter preaching one day. This was many, many years ago, but I still remember it. Like there's so many things, I still remember what you know, comes out of uh, Pastor Peter and some of the other leaders in our church. You just, they just stick with you, you know? And I still remember Peter saying that in the Greek language, when it says that Jesus was moved with compassion, what it means is is that it caught him in the gut. It kind of, he looked, he saw something, it caught him in the gut, and it moved him. It's like he saw the brokenness of humanity, and it moved him with compassion. So, you know, it's worth reminding ourselves again, you know, that God is a God of emotions, God is a God who is personal and he's a God who's got emotions and he is in touch with our emotions. He he, he hates what what evil and sin is doing to to humanity. And sometimes once again guys, you know, we we got to be careful that we don't we don't allow the world to creep in and make us insensitive. You know, here's a a thought for us just to think about. Man, if your worldview is what the news tells you and what the media tells you, man, you're going to be very depressed, right? It doesn't look like there's much hope if you watch the news and watch the media. And it kind of starts to get into you. You start to get insensitive to what is going on around us. But if you spend time in God's presence and you spend time with that, that sort of God, then all of a sudden your eyes are going to change. Your, your perspective will change. You will look at broken humanity, and you'll be moved with compassion the more and more we see things through the eyes of God. So God is a personal God. He's a God who's got emotions. Man, it, it touches his heart when, when he sees what's going on in the world today. You know, if... If you've ever gone through a moment of struggling or suffering in your life, I've got a great verse for you this morning, actually. This, was, this is a verse that God spoke to me about before when I was going through a bit of a tough time. And, uh, and God reminded me of this verse in Isaiah 63, verse 9, where it says, When they were afflicted, God was also afflicted. Man, catch that. When we are afflicted, God is also afflicted. He's not separate from what is going on in the world. He's actually in amongst the mess of the world and he's fixing broken humanity. He's fixing the mess. And I love that. And I believe that that's, that's exactly what Jesus saw. You know, kind of this, it's a kind of a, an interesting contrast in a sense that's put together. That how can you be a man of sorrows? You know, you look at the brokenness of humanity and it touches you, but at the same time be a man full of joy be a person of joy. And I think, once again, it's because Jesus saw what evil and sin was doing, but at the same time, he saw what God was doing. Man, and I celebrate that. I celebrate that today, right now, in this world, God is moving with power, and and, and he's setting people free. All those people watching church online all these lovely people that have signed up for Alpha and I'm watching Alpha courses all across the UK and around the world. Man, I tell you, it's amazing. We're about five weeks in now to our, our Alpha courses online here at the church. And we are seeing amazing things. God is touching people's lives. And let's keep our eyes focused, guys, on what God is doing amongst us. You know, it's an interesting thing, this contrast. Joy and And sorrows, it kind of reminds me a little bit of when I first became a Christian when I first became a Christian, um, I, I remember going through like like literally about six months of just crying and laughing and crying and laughing, uh, and like I was crying because I was looking back and thinking, "Oh wow, the wasted years like wasted the wasted time. look how much i'd squandered my life so there was there was kind of you know there was there was Sorrow in a sense, but at the same time, I would then laugh, I would burst out laughing because of the joy that was in my life now because I had found God, and I just love that. In fact, it reminds me of, a, of an amazing story actually. When I was a pastor back in Wales, um, there was this guy that used to drop his wife off to church every Sunday morning, and apparently, this guy had kind of like been like an elder before or something like that in, in the church many years before. I ever arrived, probably about 20 years before, and uh, he used to drop his wife off to church every Sunday, uh, but he himself wouldn't come into the church, so I would just kind of say hi to him, and you know, greet him, and that sort of thing, and I didn't know his story completely, but I knew that something had happened, and he'd gotten offended for some reason, and he kind of left the church, which is a terrible thing, right, to do, you know, it's like, man, he's, he's so paid for that in many ways, he was so lonely after doing that, and so Uh, And so it was a terrible thing, but one day I was walking down the road on a Sunday morning, and as I looked over and I saw this guy, I heard the Holy Spirit saying to me, Neil, it's time for this guy to come home. Now, I don't know about you, but when I, you know, at the moment, in that moment, I thought to myself, well, what does that mean? It can be one of two things, right? It can either mean, like, it's time for him to come home, you know, as in, you know, go to heaven to be with the Lord, or it could mean that it's time for him to come home in the sense of coming back to God, right? Well, it turned out to be the both, actually. What, what happened was that not long after, this, this guy was diagnosed with cancer. He was given like a few months to live. And uh, and in those months that he had left to live, he rediscovered his relationship with God. And I remember going to visit him one day in the, in the hospital. He'd asked to see me. I walked into the hospital. He was sitting up. And he he had no shame. He didn't care what people thought. He was sitting in this bed and he was crying his eyes out. I've never seen anything like it. He was weeping, weeping, weeping and saying to me, Neil, you know, the wasted years, the wasted years, the wasted years. And then all of a sudden he'd start to laugh because he was reconnecting with God and rediscovering his relationship. And I I just find it amazing how those two things go, go together. Now, lastly, talking about Jesus is that what else was it that filled, filled him with joy? As we read in Hebrews 12, it was the joy that was set before him. He scorned the, the shame of the cross because of the joy that was set before him. And you know, what I love about this is that, is that Jesus saw the end of the story. He knew that, that the cross wasn't the end. And God wants to remind us that whatever we see going on in this world today is not the end. Man, this stuff gets me so excited. That evil and sin will not have the last word. God has the last word. And God is doing stuff in our world. He's weaving out his plans and his purposes. What the enemy meant for evil, he's turning around for good. And I kind of love this, you know, this quote from Billy Graham that Billy Graham once said this, I've read the end of the Bible and I can tell you that it all works out well in the end. Man, what an amazing thought that is. It all turns out well in the end. Recently, just recently, I found myself once again just looking a little bit, studying a little bit like this this epic event that we call the return of Jesus. Man, who, who knows when that will be? But just to think, guys, get this in your heart this morning. Just to think that one day, a day is coming when Jesus is going to stand on the edge of history, right on the edge of eternity, and he is going to flood our universe. He's going to flood our atmosphere with his presence and his glory and his power. Man, just imagine that. One day, he's going to appear, and everybody's going to see him Man, I'm so looking forward to that day when Jesus comes back and establishes a righteous kingdom. And if that doesn't get you excited, guys, as a friend of mine used to say, if that doesn't get you excited, you better check your pulse because you could be dead. Man, that is awesome stuff that God is working out a plan. I've read the end of the Bible and I can tell you it all works out well. As Sam said earlier, Jesus is on the throne this morning and he's doing an amazing work. And we celebrate that. And lastly, as we're coming to the end of this message, I just want to share very, very quickly, how do we get joy? We've seen how Jesus gets joy. How do we get joy? And, and I think, really, the answer is found in Hebrews 12 there, where it says, looking unto Jesus. Now, we could say, of course, that if we look at the things and, you know, our heart is on the same things that God's heart is on, Jesus' heart is on, of course, that's a part of it. If we love righteousness and hate, hate wickedness, we're going to draw the, the presence of the Lord into our lives, which brings us great joy. You know, David says in Psalm 16, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. So yes, of course, we get joy that way, the same way that Jesus got joy in his life. But I think ultimately, if you want to boil it down to one thing, I think it's focusing on Jesus. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Friends, I want to remind us again this morning, don't let the things that are going on in the world get into your thinking too much. Don't let that become your worldview. That is not our hope. Don't let the news dictate to you the the, the amount of joy that you can have in your life. Let's take our eyes off that and look to Jesus. Let's look to Jesus because it's right there right there that your life is going to be filled with joy. And I really think that what happens is that when we focus on something and focus on Jesus, it's like, it's like we, we bring something into view. Everything else gets kind of, you know, crowded out and we, 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 we kind of focus on Jesus and everything that he is and what he has done comes into view once again. It's, it's, it's amazing, you know, the, the power of focus. I remember we were driving not so long ago, me and Karen, and, and Karen said to me, hey, have you, have you noticed that there's a bottle of water rolling around in the back of the car? I can hear it, she said. And I, I, I hadn't heard it, to be honest, because I was focusing on something else. Right? I was focusing on the road. But as soon as she said it, then I, then I could hear it, and I thought, oh, Karen, I wish you hadn't told me that. Now I can't stop listening to the thing, you know? But it's just, it just goes to show the power of focus. What gets into your thinking kind of seems to try to stick, right? You know, the Bible says in the Psalms, David says this Magnify the Lord with me. What does it mean to magnify the Lord? You know, you can't make God any bigger than what He is. God is God. We can't change Him. God is God. But when David says, let's magnify the Lord, magnify the Lord with me, what it means is, it's like taking a magnifying glass. You know, Jordan actually preached a great message on this not so long ago. And uh, he, you know, he was focused, he said, focus on the Lord. It's like taking a magnifying glass. And you zoom in. You zoom in on Jesus. And you start to magnify him. And what happens is that although you can't make God any bigger than what he is, he starts to become bigger in your thinking. He starts to be, become bigger in your, in your focus. And I believe very, very quickly what will happen is that it will bring three things into your life. And I'm going to use three words. They all bring, uh, begin with the letter T. So they're easy to remember. The first one is if you focus on Jesus, it will make you thankful. You'll start to become thankful. And oh, guys, I tell you what, Right now at this time in what we're living in at the moment, thankfulness is going to be a key for many of us to keep joy in our lives. If we focus on Jesus and be thankful, it's going to open something up. You know, any psychologists will tell you that a thankful heart is a healthy heart. A thankful mind is a healthy mind. No, let's be thankful for what God is is doing in our lives and who he is. The second thing is that, what it'll bring into your life, is transformation. You'll be transformed. You know, there's an interesting verse back in the Psalms that says, you become like the gods you worship. And what that means is, is that what you focus on starts to get into you. So if you focus on Jesus, who's full of joy, what's going to happen? You're going to be transformed. You're going to become more and more like Jesus, and you'll become a person of joy. So you'll be transformed in the process. Once again, guys. If we focus on what's going on in the world and that starts to get into you, we're going to end up depressed. But if you focus on Jesus and what he is doing, you're going to end up being full of joy. It's a bit of a no brainer, right? Sometimes it's easy to say, but not always easy to do. That's why we've got to remind ourselves, speak to ourselves, and say, I'm getting into the presence of the Lord this morning. My day starts with God today, not with what's going on in the world. And then lastly, you'll feel triumphant you'll feel triumphant. Because all of a sudden, what will happen is that you'll start to feel like you're rising. Your perspective will change. You'll feel like you're the head and not the tail. You'll feel like you're above and not beneath. You know, there are circumstances going on out there, but you'll feel like you're on top of the circumstances when you focus on Jesus. And not what is going on in all the negative stuff that sometimes goes on in our life. Man, there is a place. I love it, man. It makes me so excited. That there is a key. Thank God for it. There is a key to to being triumphant in our lives. No matter what's going on around us, God is a triumphant God. And he wants to to give us his perspective on what he's doing. Many of us have heard this very funny story, you know, of like, um, of two Christians walking down the road. And they bump into each other one day. And one Christian says to the other one, how are you doing? And the other one responds and he says, well, not too bad under the circumstances. And the other Christian responds and says, what are you doing under there? Like, what are you doing under the circumstances? We know there are circumstances, but God wants us to be triumphant. God wants us to have an eternal perspective. And and I tell you guys, it's, it's amazing to see things from God's, Perspective and God's point of view. So, I really hope that that's been a blessing for you this morning. Jesus was a man who was anointed with the oil of gladness and with, with the, anointed with the oil of joy. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross and he wants to give us the sort of joy that he has. I want to remind us let's be thankful, guys. Let's be a thankful people. Let's be thankful. Let's not let, let let's not the enemy take that from us. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's be thankful. Let that transform us. And let us rise to be triumphant. Isn't that awesome? Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that if anybody watching this message, listening to this message message this morning, if you feel down today, I break that off you in the name of Jesus. That is not God's word over your life. That is not God's script for your life. I break that off you. God, I pray that person would receive joy this morning and peace from heaven in Jesus' mighty name. Anybody watching here today who just needs to be reminded of the power of focus. Oh God, thank you that you're alive. Thank you that you're real. Thank you that you're moving. Thank you that you're doing stuff. And we want to be a people that's marked by celebration. We <laughs> applaud you today, Lord. We applaud you. You are king. You are Lord and you are completely in control, and you've got to, you're going to have the last word. In fact, you've already spoken that last word, and that word is victory. Jesus wins. Thank you, Lord. Amen. well guys, we're coming to the close of this part of the service, my message to you this morning, and I hope it's been a blessing. And uh, Sam and Nick are going to come back up in a moment, but I just want to lead some anybody this morning through a prayer where you, where you this morning feel like You've never connected with Jesus. You've never connected with this Jesus that I've been talking about. And you want him in your life. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of simple in many ways. It's, it's a response from our heart. God is not looking for perfection. He's just looking for sincerity. And if your heart is in it, man, I tell you, life can change because God will change it. And if that's you this morning, if you've, ne- if you've never connected with the God that I've been preaching about this morning... He's inviting you. He's inviting you into a relationship that is going to change your life and it's going to mark you up and set you up for eternity. And when that day comes, when Jesus appears, he's going to say to you, welcome into the kingdom that's been prepared for you. Man, that is awesome. That is awesome. How amazing it is that we even get to preach on this stuff. That is awesome. And so if that's you, I want to encourage you, would you just put your hand on your heart once again maybe? If you feel comfortable, maybe you feel comfortable closing your eyes. And I'm just going to pray a prayer that will lead us through this. So, Father, thank you so much for all those right now that are responding. Thank you that you're not looking for perfection. You're just looking for sincerity. So we step forward today, God. I pray for these people that are stepping forward today and giving their life to you and saying, yes, I want to be part of that. I want Jesus in my life. And Lord, I pray that you would come into their lives, give them the gift of eternal life, give them the gift of your presence and bring transformation in Jesus' mighty name. And if you prayed that prayer, we're celebrating with you this morning. And uh, for more information, check out this video. If you said yes to Jesus today, we are celebrating with you. We would love to pray with you and send you a Bible and some resources to get you started on your faith journey. Please go to equipers.co.uk forward slash I said yes or follow the link in the chat box so we can get in touch.